Welcome to you, Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. Today's episode of Locked On NFL is brought to you by Build Bar. Remember, with promo code Locked On, you get $10 off your first box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Ryan Peacock here alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. That is where today's Twitter questions came from on this Twitter Thursday. Happy Thursday, Matt. Happy Thursday to you. And um, today is Twitter Thursday. And I'm, I got a triple header on, thir- uh, triple on Twitter Thursday. I'm doing this podcast with you, which, of course, is closest and dearest to my heart. <laughs> and then, then I'm going to be a guest on the Saturday to Sunday podcast. Then I'm going to record my Dynasty Blueprint podcast. So it's around noon here Eastern. I just saw the wife and fam. I said, I'll see you guys at dinner time. I'm going down to podcast land. See you guys in about four hours. Yeah, podcasting machine. That's my life right yeah. now, too, because I do the Locked On NFL show with you, obviously, and then do Locked On 49ers, multiple sure. Google News updates every day. So I'm locked in the studio quite a bit, running around with my son when I can and and trying to get some exercise outside. I'm kind of ready for things to uh, to open back up a little bit. The state of Arizona is going to be, looks to be the... The indicator, if if everybody else can do it, I think every other state's going to say, "Okay, Arizona, let's see what you're going to do here." And be the guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, yeah, uh, it'd be nice. But you know what? I'm I'm in this hole so often that it, things are probably a lot less different for me than they are for a lot of people right now. That, that's how my life is. I mean, I work from home anyways. Uh, my wife worked from home two out of five days, and now she's five out of five days. But you know, gets up and is on her computer the whole day anyway. And the kids have been good. They're old. I Frankly, I, I feel for your situation a little bit, or even people with like five and six year olds that are in school and you have to teach them. But like my kids oh, are yeah. 11 and 13. They're on their iPad all day. I might see my daughter five minutes a day. <laughs> you know, she's FaceTime. I mean, that doesn't really change her <laughs> life one bit. But the, the kids that are like five, six, that are in school but can't do it themselves, that's work. Homeschooling would be definitely Ugh. a job that I, I don't want to do. You know, you're now you're a school teacher on top of everything else. That would be difficult. That would be difficult. Because I think to, kid, like I do have some friends that have kids that age, and the, the problem is that the kids are home and they don't treat parents the way they would treat the teacher if they were at school. So even though their lesson plan is there, it's just getting – a kid to be like, I know you're at home, but look, we have to focus and you have to treat this like you're at school right now. And that's really hard for, I think, a child to wrap their brain around. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure my 11 and 13 year old are not doing that, but they're getting their work done. (laughs) And I don't know if they're learning anything, but they put in about two hours a day. So that's plenty for me. Yeah. As long as they're getting some work done and uh, we're (laughs) definitely getting some work done here. Uh, I I think you had some notes on the Cincinnati Bengals. Go back and listen to our podcast with Jake Lisko of Locked On Bengals yesterday. A lot of good information there on that rebuild in Cincinnati, but you have some, it's just called the spreadsheet and you sent it my way. <laughs> a lot of, it. it looks like, I mean, it looks like the spreadsheet of a serial killer. I gotta be honest. It's I'm sure it does because <laughs> I'm not good at spreadsheets. Um, this was my wife helped me a little with like a, a formula here and there. I basically just punched in all the numbers, like, you know, with one finger, like, like an old 80 year old would do it on an Excel spreadsheet and I can sort and that's about it. But I'm not an analytics nerd, but this all started and it's been my baby in quarantine and maybe I'm going a little stir crazy. I mean, this is probably proof of that, 
that I just saw. I think I've, I've teased it on here, and I mentioned it on Twitter a couple times. I mentioned the stats, yards per play offense, yards per play defense. And that's how this started. I'm like, well, I wonder what the differential is. You know, yards per play offense minus your yards per play defense. And I'm like, wow, there's some interesting things there. I mean, like Dallas is one of the best in the league, but they only won eight games. You know, are they bound to be a better team going forward? Was You know, a lot of this stems from if you only play 16 games, your record always isn't indicative of how good you really are. If you play 162 games, Hey, you, you drop one here and there. You get lucky here and there. It's not that big a deal. It all evens out. But in the NFL, I, I looked for some trends. And I, I'm going to pump this down your guys' throat more and more. Because we had the Bengals dude on yesterday, I meant to, to, to bring this up. And we're going to bring more hosts from around the network. And if you guys have a special request, let us know. We can get them on. It's a great time to talk to people around the Locked On Network. But example, here are some of the Bengals things. And I have like 18 categories here. So they won two games last year. This year, Vegas projects them to win five and a half. Fine. No big deal. I mean, some of these things aren't that big a deal. Um, Their strength of schedule is a little bit on the hard side, but not brutal. Tough division. So last year, they allowed four point. They only only produced 4.9 yards per play on offense. They allowed 6.1 yards per play. I mean, there's a lot of plays throughout the course of a season. So they were minus 1.2 in that differential for the year, which was, needless to say, amongst the worst in the league. I mean, does that mean they're absolutely going to get better at that? Of course not. I mean, you have to be better at playing football to make those numbers count. I tend to think, and if you listen to yesterday's conversation, I think our locked-on Bengals host feels the same, that they're trending in the right direction. But, I mean, there's some other things to be wary of here. They were minus 141 in point differential. Again, that just shows that they were a bad team. But they were the best special teams unit in the league. They were the 20th most injured. You know, Jonah Williams, A.J. Green. That's not their fault. You know, I've harped about my advanced turnover ratio. They were minus 22, which is one of the worst in the league. And they were really bad at, a, at some things like converting on fourth down, which hurts them on there, which I tend to think they'll be a little bit better at. Here's one metric that I'm not really sold on, but I'd like to mention it, that if you reversed the outcome in every Bengal one-score game, they would have been 9-7 and seven last year. Now, there's an art to winning one-score games. Like Seattle is really drastic in that department if you – if you reversed Seattle's, you know, one score games, they would have been four and 12, you know, but they have Russell Wilson and he wins one score games and the Bengals are bad last year and they lose one score games, but it implies that they're at least hanging with their opponent and the opponent opposing win percentage last year, which is just a straight out number. There's no, um, it's not subjective at all. They played one of the hardest schedules in the league. They also played, the third hardest slate of defenses. So there's a couple things to look at and say, yeah, they were a two-win team and things were bad, but there's some room for hope too. And I think my my spreadsheet, like again, is a little serial killer-esque. I feel a little dexterish on this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's consuming my life. But I think it does show some things that aren't obvious on the surface is all I'm trying to get at.
No, I love this spreadsheet because it really breaks down a lot of detail about what a team did and, and gives some context to just saying, oh, this is a bad team. They only won two games. And you can see where they were at, where they won games, where they lost games and how things could go different. And I think there's a lot of regression that happens in the NFL. You know, 16 games is a pretty small sample. So a lot of times teams were, will head toward the mean anyway. And I think the, the Bengals have an opportunity to be that team. You get a second year coach, which is also important and uh, it really leads right into one of our first twitter questions here from zachary who had the bold prediction last week that we didn't get to uh but he said cincinnati Bengals will win nine games which coincidentally is right on with what your uh your one score game output would be if they flipped all of those games win nine games and get the seven seed in the playoffs, and he also wants to know what our bold predictions would be for teams in the NFL. I think we should get to that a little bit later, but let's focus on the Bengals here and finish up that conversation. Do you think they're that team that could make that jump this year, or do you want to wait and see with Burrow, you know, year two, year three with your young quarterback? I think Burrow's a special player and is capable of being that guy that comes into the league, changes the culture on a losing organization, and greatly upgrades the most important position. So I'm not saying this is crazy talk. I've often said this division's really tough, though. I mean, I think that they will be a much better team this year. They'll have more than two wins for sure, but I bet their record makes them look a little worse than the the level of football they're playing. You know, last year they played a lot of close games, things like that. Um And again, I would feel more confident with such a nine-win prediction if I knew this rookie quarterback just finished rookie mini camps and was going to do OTAs and a full camp, you know, because he's going to be the starter. There's no Dalton. You know, it's Burrow's show. And yes, he seems advanced for a rookie. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, he's still a rookie. He's never played against anybody. And whenever I talk about over-under win totals, not over-unders necessarily, but when say when someone asks me, how many wins do you think this team's going to get next year? The first thing I do in my head is the six games in division. Cincinnati, to me, would be kind not lucky, but would be should be happy if they're two and four in the north. And that only leaves 10 games to win seven and a half more for our, our little friend here. It's interesting with good teams because when it comes, it comes fast. And I like the idea that they're on the second year of a a new program and a new coach and and you can get your feet under you there. I just, even with a good rookie quarterback, you look at all the great quarterbacks in history, rookie year, it's just, it's not the year. This, there, a lot good can happen. You can start to have some really good feelings about this team. I'm just not ready to go there yet. Nine and seven making the playoffs, but I could see how, Year two, year three with Joe Burrow. Now we're talking, mm-hmm. and we had talked a lot about the the rebuild, and I got a little bit excited about that Bengals roster potentially going forward. And uh, after Jake, you know, hearing Jake talk about what they're doing there, and they they need some more pieces, I think, on defense. But there there are some good young pieces there. And look, when you look at what the Bengals added this offseason, because they get a free first round draft pick basically in Jonah Williams. So you get Jonah Williams, Joe Burrow, and T Higgins, their top three picks that they're going to get to play this year. I like that better than the Dolphins first three picks that they had three first round picks this year. Good point. Yeah, I think I do too. The second part of this question was our bold prediction. So let's get to that next. We want to talk safeties, uh, 2018 draft class. A lot of good questions here on Twitter Thursday. 
Folks, I want to tell you about the Built Bar. You maybe haven't heard of them yet, but trust me, you're going to hear about them a lot because they're a new sponsor on the Locked On Network. They sent me a box the other day, and the box is gone. My family just crushed it. So they're going to be a popular thing in the Williamson household. I think you need to check them out, too. They're they're tasty. I mean, my kids honestly don't care about the, the wonderful uh, – attributes it's it's making their bodies they just want to eat good stuff and it's a protein bar that really does taste like a candy bar it comes in 16 amazing flavors eight of them are chocolate and nut flavors and the other eight are chocolate and nut free flavors we know a lot of people have allergies and whatnot bars are covered in 100 chocolate and trust me around here my family especially my wife is they're chocolate connoisseurs and they certainly approve it's soft and easy to chew built bar is great for the health conscious guy Lose or maintain weight weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. But it doesn't taste that way, trust me. Um, Here's the flavor profile. Like a peanut butter brownie one has 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, only 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Um, The mint brownie one is 15 grams of protein, only 110 calories, 4 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. So... Folks, do this. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. So the other part of Zachary's question, who predicted that the Cincinnati Bengals will win nine games, make the playoffs as the seven seed, which the seven seed really adds a lot of... um, it just adds a dimension, I think, to how like this it, thing's yeah. going to play out. And it's already fun to see, okay, well, we got more playoff teams now, which, you know, you don't want to water it down, but it's it's going to be fun for a lot of franchises to try to fight for that. And it's going to help a team like the Bengals that if they do win nine games and try to inch in there. Um, but Zachary Wilson... I also think it'll be fun, like in the AFC, if, if you know, the Ravens and Chiefs are both 13-2 and two, and no one else has yet to double-digit wins at that point in the AFC... They can't just put it in cruise control and be like, we're going to get a buy. You know, they, they got to fight yeah. for that one seed, too. The one seed. Yeah, that's there's not two buys. There's one, which is really important, too. The other part of Zachary's question was, what are our bold predictions for the upcoming season? And that that's a that's a huge question. It opens up a lot. But just based on what his prediction was, a bad team becoming good, making the playoffs, maybe in an unexpected way. Um, I do have some thoughts on a couple teams, and I'll start and give you a second to think about it. Um, yeah, I'm not going to do my bold prediction. You're not. I, okay. I want to talk about yours. Okay. And we're definitely going to do a show sooner to the, the to when we get close to, you know, it's one of our favorites of the year is we will bet or pick our over-unders versus the Vegas win total, oh, have yes. an AFC show and an NFC show, and we'll reveal more then. But I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about yours. And the reason... Cincinnati is bold is because they weren't good. They were the worst team in the NFL last year. So it is bold to say the Cincinnati Bengals would make the playoffs. And so of the bolder variety, I I would like to start with this, the the Arizona Cardinals. And to me, and I talked about Joe Burrow, look, it's coach, it's quarterback. Do you have the pieces on defense? That's what I'm looking for. That's what we saw last year with the 49ers going from picking second in the draft to being in the Super Bowl. Do you have a coach in place? Do you have a quarterback in place? And do you have a defense? So the Arizona Cardinals is one that I'm looking at. They added Isaiah Simmons. You've got Kyler Murray, who proved to be, uh, you know, it was a smart move by that front office to move on from their quarterback, draft a new quarterback, number one overall. Looks like they got their guy. So year two of a quarterback, 
It's highly talented. Year two of a coach that looked like he figured a lot of things out. They added DeAndre Hopkins. That's a scary team that that I would not be shocked at all if they were really good and potentially even won the the NFC West. The problem is it's the NFC West, and that's probably the yeah. best division in football right now. It's going to be difficult. You can make make an argument for all of those teams to win the division, which makes me want to pump the brakes a little bit on the Arizona Cardinals. But if you're looking for a bad team that was drafting top 10 to be really good, I would put Arizona Cardinals number one. But I want to throw a couple others at you. Both teams in New Let's York. Let's stick with the Cardinals just for Do one wanna, second, okay. if you don't sure. mind. Yep. I think that's a good one, and I think it's a popular one. Um, I really feel like they do have their quarterback. I think they have their coach, their offensive system. And I really think that Kingsbury realized the big picture last year. And he had job security and you know a lot of horizontal throws for Kyler. I think that's going to change dramatically. They just couldn't protect. You know, I think they just wanted to get him easy completions. Let's get the rookie some confidence, show the world that he's the guy. Let's not have him get hit like crazy. They actually faced one of the the hardest slates of defenses in the league. And to your point, and this goes back to, you know, the, this Bengals conversation, when I look at them, I mean, they're over under total seven and a half. What do you think their record is right now? What, what do you think their NFC West record will be? Three and three? Yeah. I mean, I think three and three would be really good Pretty for them. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. At Seattle's no chore, you know, no treat. No, no. Yeah. It's always difficult <laughs> yeah. to beat the Seahawks. And look, the Rams were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. So they're not going to be I think they're better than people think. I think everyone's washing them away like yeah. they're junk. Yeah. If and we had seven playoff teams last year, the Rams would have been in it. Exactly. Right. No, that's a great point. Um, so, and look, they have the, one of the best pass rushers in the league. They still have Patrick Peterson, two young guys in the secondary that I really like, Byron Murphy, that could take a big step, uh, Buda Baker. So, they, you know, they've got talent and they're adding to that talent. They so they're a team that could definitely come quick when they do arrive. Who are some of your others? I so like that one. Th- there's two more and it's both teams in New York. Hmm. It, and both, and these are, I think, hotter takes because obviously a lot of people believe in what the Arizona Cardinals are doing right now. Less so about those teams in New York, but I'm I'm looking for teams that have a young quarterback that can take a step that were bad teams already, and that is what both teams were. The Jets had a winning record when Sam Darnold started games last year, so that's one yeah. of the big keys for me. I, the the thing that makes me so with the Cardinals is like, oh man, NFC West. That's that's tough. That's a tough gauntlet to run for even a you know a good team that's that's up and coming. But we saw the 49ers do it last year. I don't believe in the Jets coaching staff, which worries me a little bit. And Adam Gase, not my favorite head coach in the league or offensive coordinator. But I, if you have a good quarterback, good defense, you could do some things. Greg Williams, I think, is the biggest fraud in the league. I would not want Greg Williams anywhere near my <laughs> team. Probably my least favorite coach in the NFL for multiple reasons. So... Don't like the coaching staff, but Darnold, I still believe in. They had a winning record when he was in there. They added some talent. If Quinn and Williams can be the guy they thought they drafted last year and you have that stud star player on defense to build around, they have one of the best safeties in the NFL, maybe the best safety, which we should probably start talking about next. We have a question about who is the best safety in the NFL. Jamal Adams, I love. Uh, He can play on every level and just do everything for a defense. So they have some star power. They added a couple of wide receivers, a little bit worried about their pass catching units. They added the great Frank Gore, um, you know, Le'Veon Bell. Do they have enough? They 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 really address the offensive line, which I love. So Mackay Beckton yeah. added with five other free agents that they signed in the offseason. 
The Jets, I could see it. Worried about the coaching staff. They still need some more pieces, though. Um, but, you know, young quarterback that could blow up, you know, and, and there there have been some good Adam Gase offenses in the NFL. Um, and then the New York Giants, again, young quarterback. Does he take the next step? Saquon Barkley, one of the young star skill players in the NFL. Do they have the pass rush is what I'm worried about there. Do they have the pass rush? Do they have enough weapons on offense? But I'm looking for teams that were bad. I'm looking for teams that people don't expect to be good. And mostly I'm banking on young quarterbacks taking a next step. And those would be the teams that that I could see bold prediction-wise being in the mix, at least for that seventh seed in the playoffs. Good ones. And I agree with everything you said. Um, my little spreadsheet tells me differently, but I think people know me now that I'm more of a scouting judge with your eyes than I am analytics, but I, I, I embrace analytics, obviously. Um, I think there's some similarities with these teams. Let's start with the first of all, I like Darnold a lot more than I like Jones, and I'm a big Darnold believer, but Jones was a lot better than I expected. I mean, I'm going to give the guy credit. He might be a hit, and I would not have said that a year ago. Um, as for the Jets, you know, I believe in Douglas. I don't believe in Gase, and I think he's really easy to dislike or not trust. But I got to say, I mean, folks, pause your podcast for one second. How many, or maybe I should ask the question first. <laughs> How many games did the Jets win last year? Now, pause your podcast, think about it, don't cheat, and then hit play again. Okay. They won seven games. Like with some of the, they were the worst offense in the league on a yards per play. And they were horrendous when Darnold wasn't in there. And my point with that with Gase is he did that in Miami too. I mean, two years ago was the year before Tank for Tuit. They won eight games. Like he has a habit of winning games and getting to seven, eight wins with bad rosters. And it's, I mean, I think he needs, it deserves a little credit for that. And um, I'm glad you mentioned the name Joe Douglas, too, because I didn't throw that name yeah. in there. But I that's what I love about the New York Jets right now is he's running the ship. He's got it going in the right direction. I feel really comfortable in Joe Douglas as the GM. Yes, agreed. And I love that they attack the offensive line yes. like the Bills did last year. Just bring a million of them in and see who hits. Um, a couple things about the Jets. They were the most injured team in the league last year. The Jets and Giants, though, played very easy schedules. And they this year, they played the 30th and 31st hardest schedule. So they may improve, but we might not see it in the win-loss totals. You know, so I'm with you on those teams. I think they're both going the right direction. I don't know that either one's going to be 8-8, eight eight, though. Sam Darnold was 7-6 and six as the starter last year. They were awful in the three games without Crazy. him. I mean, they might have been nine and seven if Sam Darnold played the whole season last year. And I think they might be oh. better on paper this year than they were last year. And they definitely have a better offensive line. They've got good players on each level of their defense. Still some work to do for Joe Douglas. But again, that's the team that could really surprise people that nobody's really given any credit to. Uh, Falk and Duck were not NFL quarterbacks that played significant snaps last year. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Right. For, to watch e either one of those offenses with those guys behind center was kind of criminal. And it's funny you mentioned Duck, and there's the Steelers, there's the Jets. Those teams employ two of the best safeties in the NFL. When we come back, who's the best safety in the National Football League? i got a good question here about the 2018 draft class and looking ahead at some of those fifth-year options next.
This question from our guys at Gridiron Lounge, and uh, shout out to both the listeners, both coaches there involved with the Gridiron Lounge Twitter handle. He's, they say, who's the best safety in the NFL? They actually ran a poll. Uh, I don't know if you saw the poll that they ran that was included in this question, but uh, I, I, would I put did. I'll put the eight names that they put on their okay. on their poll. So basically, you know, it was a bracket style thing, and and we'll see if you come to the same conclusion that the Twitter world did voting on their bracket. It was so round one was basically these eight players. It was Jamal Adams ver- and they were head up. Jamal Adams versus Eddie Jackson, Derwin James versus Harrison Smith, Mika Fat- Fitzpatrick versus Earl Thomas. Kevin Byard versus Tyron Matthews. So that's the eight that made their bracket. First of all, is there any other safeties you think might have been missing from that list? I'm very happy they have Byard and Jackson on there because I think those two are elite and not given credit for it. Um, I mean, Minnesota and Denver both franchised the safety. You know I mean? So that's noteworthy. I don't think they're quite in that. If I only did eight, they wouldn't have made it, but... I mean, they're in the conversation. Simmons has, Earl, yeah, so some Simmons has some gripe there. Earl's not the guy he used to be, so I think it's right. pretty easy for me to vote against Earl there. But obviously, deserves to be on the list for what he's done, and uh, you know, he's still a, an impact player. Right. I, I think Earl would actually probably be eighth of that group for me right now. There's a lot of good safeties in the NFL. They safety are. play is very high in the league. There's not too many teams that have this gaping need at safety in the league. Um, but for me, so. And basically the four that went on from there was Adams, Derwin James, Mika Fitzpatrick, and Kevin Byard, which I have no problem with that group. So the question is, out of those four guys, if you agree with that, who's I your do. number one? And I, to me right now, I think I would vote for Jamal Adams. Uh, I saw a stat where he played one of the few players in the league that's played 400-plus snaps in the slot, 400-plus snaps, obviously, at his strong safety in the box position, and 400-plus snaps at free safety, what he can do at every level, impacting the game, pass rusher in coverage and the instincts, seeing him run to where the football is going to go before the snap is pretty amazing. So Jamal Adams, I think I would put it one. And the only reason I would have him over Minka and Derwin is just the consistency. And obviously Derwin had the injury. So we haven't seen peak Derwin yet. I have often said that I think Derwin, Minka, and Adams will be this generation's Troy and Ed. I mean, I think they'll be Hall of Fame career paces, um, clearly the best at their position over an extended stretch, assuming they stay healthy. And if I had to pick one from now going forward, it would be really tough but I think I'd take Derwin because I think he's the freakiest of them all in an Isaiah Simmons type of way. But if the question is who's the best safety right this second, who's playing the highest level, I think I'll take Byard. Wow. Okay. I didn't think you were going to go in that yeah. direction, but uh, but I like it. I like it a lot. I, I like the culture changing aspect of what Adam brings, Adams brings, you know, on Big and time. off the field. Derwin obviously is the most freaky he's the he's the freakest athlete there so if his instincts and everything else matches and he stays healthy absolutely I could see him being number one Mika Fitzpatrick's really good in multiple levels of the defense uh, maybe a little bit better in the free safety mold than some of the other guys on the list and, and Bayard right. obviously is a an impactful complete safety as well I would probably put Bayard fourth which says something about this group that um, that you could argue any one of them being the best safety in the NFL, and they're all playing at a crazy high level, and I expect all of them to be you know, among the best going forward for a while. Mm-hmm. And Jackson's the name I would lump in with these guys. But if we were drafting them, 
Bayard would be fourth. But who's the best right this second? I think it's him still, but not for long. Right. And I could see <laughs> Derwin's the tough one to say, you know what? I'll 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 draft Adams or Minka and pass on Derwin because Derwin that's might be the guy. It. But, you know, the consistency of Adams, that's why I've got him number one. I know we're not selling jeans here, but if they all walked in the room, I bet you'd draft Derwin. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So 2018 draft. This from JDS on Twitter. He says, thoughts on the 2018 draft class and whose option you would pick up as of now for the fifth year. And we just saw the 2017 fifth-year options. Half of the top 10 picks didn't even get picked up. Uh, 2018 draft class. That was the Baker Mayfield class. I can't believe, like, time is going a lot faster. It's amazing. Right? Like, what's going on that next year at this time they're already going to be making decisions on the 2018 draft class that is that is absurd like i just pulled it up right this second and bradley chubb's the fifth pick he's only played one year because he got hurt one and we're gonna make this decision a year from now you know like the world just <laughs> right. moves so fast you know it's, it's what a, I mean? that's absurd we just um, talked about uh sam darnold too so ba- let me let me i'll start going through here let's just go through the top 10 really quick here just to remind people what draft class give them we're all talking yes about. no super fast okay. speed round yeah let's do that okay baker mayfield yes yes saquon barkley yes yes sam darnold yes yes denzel ward Yes. Yes. That was the the fourth overall pick corner in Cleveland. Number five was Bradley Chubb, defensive end from Denver. Had injuries, but still, that's a yes. Quentin Nelson. Yep. Yep. One of the best guards already in the NFL. Josh Allen, Buffalo quarterback, seven. Yep. Roquan Smith, Chicago linebacker, eight. This is the first one that's even been like, you pause just for a second to think about it. Uh, yes, but that little bit that's wishful thinking for a breakout season this year. Yeah, and I would still say yes there. Mike McGlinchey, offensive tackle for the 49ers at nine. Yes. Yep, yep. Here's the first no, Josh Rosen. Rosen's a no. Let's keep rolling. That's interesting, man. So half of the 2017 class top 10 did not get picked up. There's only one guy that's obvious no here so far. Yeah, and one of these guys might get hurt and their stock might go down or maybe Mayfield gets benched and you know for Keenum and he's not an obvious yes, but it's a pretty good group. And I'm, I'm sitting here looking at this, the rest of the first round. I mean, I'm going to go super fast. Yes, Minka. Yes, Vita Vea. Yes, Payne. Probably yes on Davenport. Probably yes on Colton Miller. Tremaine Edmonds. Yes. Derwin. Yes. Jari Alexander. Yes. Leighton Vanderesh. Yes. Frank Ragnow, yes, probably. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think yes. Billy Price, no. no. Rashawn Evans, probably a yes. Win from the Patriots, probably, but... He needs to get on the field, yeah. <laughs> yeah. DJ Moore, yes. Hayden Hurst? Probably, who knows? Let's see what he does in that's Atlanta. A, that's a big if right there, yeah. Yeah. Ridley is a yes, yes. for Atlanta. Penny's a no. no. Edmonds in Pittsburgh's a maybe. I'm being a little optimistic there. Okay. Taven Bryan's probably a not. No. Mike Hughes, maybe. Sony Michelle, no. no. And I think that Lamar guy in Baltimore is pretty safe, yes. Lamar Jackson, that's yeah, might be pretty safe. That's that's crazy good compared to the last few 25. classes. Yeah, five, five for sure knows. And maybe a couple more get added, but that's still a fantastic percentage. And the difference a year can make. Some of those no's can become yeses. All right, good, good stuff, Matt. That is... It's our time today. Let's yeah, let's end yeah. it there. A lot of good questions. You can carry over a question for tomorrow if need oh, be. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what? And you don't have to wait until Twitter Thursday. You can always tag me at BD Peacock, Matt at Williamson NFL. Get those questions in early or for any other episode. Then, you know, it's a long off season. We can filter in good questions on any episode. 
So thank you everybody for those questions. Apologies if we did not get to yours. We got a little bit long-winded on some of them, but maybe we'll hit some more tomorrow right here. Locked on NFL.